0: Chapter Nine of Betty Baird's Golden Year by Anna Hamlin Weichel. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Holly Jensen. Chapter Nine. Just as Lois had said. Betty was at her desk, figuring busily on a set of specifications, some particularly naughty problems bringing passing frowns to her forehead when miss minturne tall graceful distinguished with decision written on every handsome feature swept through the room and stopped in front of the desk she began to play with a book picking it up laying it down only to go through the process again won't you have my swivel chair miss minturne betty sprang up and pushed it forward for it was one of their jokes that nothing in the world but a revolving chair could give them a sense of business prosperity each offered her own to the other as a mark of very special favor no thank you betty replied miss minturn absently too much in earnest to notice the little by i'm going to run away tomorrow do you think your mother would let you run with me betty caught her breath it was just as Lois had said. I can ask her tonight and telephone to you. I'd love to run away with you, and I'm sure my mother would let me. Why not ask your father at luncheon? Betty laughed in her happy, infectious manner. I could, but father would be certain to say, "Ask your mother, Elizabeth." And when I ask mother, she will say, "Ask your father, Elizabeth." and there i shall be elizabethed from one to the other like a weaver's shuttle until at last they go to the study to talk it over and presently i shall hear the outcome miss Minturne smiled lovingly into betty's bright laughing face i didn't know you were such a weighty subject well telephone to me you should go home right after lunch and get your things together naturally betty was dying to ask where they were going but with the courtesy that was instinctive she waited for miss minturne to volunteer the information shall i take a trunk oh no only a small bag that blue serge you have on will be just the thing for traveling and a dinner gown and your pretty white flannel will be enough if my mother should want to write to me where what address shall i give her That's so you dear old homebody of course your mother will want to know miss minturn thought a moment really betty i haven't decided i need a change and i'm going to run around until i find it i'll explain to your father tomorrow morning i suppose then on the wing will be the best address betty laughed promptly at eight o'clock the next morning dr baird and betty carrying her bag and umbrella met miss minturn at the thirty-fourth street ferry the doctor and miss minturn shook hands cordially it's very good of you doctor baird to let me have betty i promise to take the best care of her during the past year we have had abundant proof of your ability to do that miss minturne the doctor bowed you are very kind doctor but really betty has been taking care of me instead of i of her you don't know what a comfort and help that dear girl has been to me turning her eyes to betty who had wandered off to the newsstand and was vainly trying to decide on a magazine from among the fascinating and bewildering array elizabeth has been very happy with you said the doctor rather helpless in conventional conversation his life had been unusually free from the amenities of society pure and simple in weston his conversation during his pastoral calls had always had the sustaining basis of church matters in which every one was interested momentarily at least but allow me to purchase your ticket he added as the happy thought occurred to him he drew his long wallet from the inside pocket of his waistcoat thank you very much but i have a mileage book and besides i well really dr baird i haven't determined where we are going I have such perfect confidence in betty that i've been thinking of letting her decide miss Minturne showed what was rather unusual with her some embarrassment would you object if we should get on the first train that's ready and get out when we feel like it betty can settle it when the conductor comes around we'll stay on long island so we won't be far away we'll telephone or telegraph as soon as we arrive at utopia supplied the doctor never fear father said betty who had just come up miss Minturne always lands somewhere and if she leaves it to me i'll land her miss Minturne listened smiling for they always appreciated each other's little jokes then she turned to the doctor to tell the truth i want to get away from thinking so it positively hurts to try to decide where to go i thought about it nearly all night and i hated every spot the moment it came to my mind ah said the doctor earnestly i fear miss minturne you are sadly in need of rest that state denotes a high nervous tension i remember how sleepless i grew in trying to decide about coming to new york he was interrupted by the announcement that the train was ready kissing betty and shaking hands with miss minturne he watched them go off betty's face full of interest and mischief over the mysterious journey what a relief to be going going from that big noisy city exclaimed miss minturne as she sank back into the seat drawing a long sigh leaning back she closed her eyes and was silent betty's eyes were very tender as she tried to make miss minturne more comfortable she slid her bag under her feet and pulled down the shade to protect her from the sun hearing the car door slam she looked up and saw the conductor working his way slowly towards them she glanced at miss minturn who still lay back not an eyelid moving the conductor drew near betty looked at him then back at miss minturn and at the mileage book in her hand the conductor was now taking a ticket from the bronzed farmer across the aisle here he is still miss minturn gave no sign hastily but gently betty took the book from her hand a smile came to miss minturne's lips but she did not open her eyes betty thought rapidly then she named a station she knew not many miles from her home where she had driven with mrs brooks and jack and where they had found a delightful inn situated picturesquely by the sound the conductor tore the necessary mileage slips from the books and passed on miss Minturne opened her eyes thank you child she said reaching over and patting betty's hand betty took her hand and held it in her firm loving grasp yet she smiled to herself lois was certainly right i didn't know it took people this way the poets don't speak of a case like this still it must be hard for her to think of giving up all that beautiful work she is so much interested in For of course mr anstice won't let her go on with her studio of design to eighteen year old betty staid gray-haired mr anstice naturally didn't weigh very heavily against the fascinating art not a word was spoken until they came to the end of their journey the station was spick and span surrounded by plots of fresh grass and beds of early spring flowers leaving the car they stepped into a decrepit hack drawn by a pair of lean gray horses the driver an old white-whiskered man whose mahogany complexion and gnarled hands showed that a life of toil had preceded this leisurely occupation drove them slowly to the inn after dinner as they sat by the water miss minturne said suddenly we shall leave here to-morrow it's too soothing i need a counter irritant i am going to see my grand-aunt in westchester she lives on our old homestead minturn manor you'll like it betty for it's more than a hundred and fifty years old don't you need rest miss minturn rather than a counter irritant you've worked hard all winter and now you feel it you are right dear i am fagged out by the way betty have you ever noticed that our friends you are doing it now excuse our unevenness and irritability by saying that we are tired well i like uneven people protested betty loyally you are young enough to bear it little sister but as we grow older we won't put up with it we don't like people who take things hard it's taking too much of a liberty with our own peace and comfort your quotation from newman is right a cheerful heart an even temper sweetness gentleness and brightness of mind are worth everything End of chapter 9 Recording by Holly Jensen